Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everybody. This is episode 28 of Journey Doses, the podcast with Ash and Ty. This is just Ty today, so I hope you're willing to follow along and bear with me. Even though Ash isn't here, I know it's tragic, but I have things to say as well. And occasionally, believe it or not, I have things to say when Ash isn't here. And uh, I'm sure we'll receive her feedback regardless. But thanks for being here today. What are we going to discuss today? What am I going to discuss in your direction? Well, I'm going to share with you my journey into purpose, my journey into self, what the expression of my purpose is these days. Now, as much of the internal work that I discuss on Instagram and really the internal work that I live by is a journey into self. Uh, That is what my course is called. That is things that I'm creating are called because that's what I believe life is about. (laughs) Honestly, I believe that there's no greater journey than going into oneself and understanding more about why we are the way we are so that we could live a life of freedom. Um, I want to live freely. I don't want to be bound by any conditioning, any old beliefs, um, limitations that I think that I'm bound by. I want to let all that shit go. And that is why going into myself and understanding more about myself is the most important thing to me in this life. And through all that, you know, through the journey into myself, I'm still living, right? I'm going in and out of relationships. I still have a career, which is really what today's discussion is going to be about, is work and how I've transformed as a person in the things that I offer to the world, Uh, the work that I step into every single day, what that looks like. So here we go. I'm going to begin. Ten years ago, I became a personal trainer. I had grown up seeing my parents be into fitness and work out, and they were always very athletic, encouraging us to play sports, which I did growing up. And I had a history of working out, 
before becoming a trainer, just because I was an athlete and this is what young male athletes tend to focus on, right? Getting bigger, stronger, faster for either their sport or for the recognition by the opposite gender. Um, So yeah, I put a lot of time and energy into being fit, looking good, being stronger for the things that I was interested in, which bled into me having a, a background in fitness. And I really just fell into fitness after having become a front desk attendant at a 24-hour fitness when I was 20 years old, 21, something like that. I worked the front desk attendant job for eight months until I became a personal trainer. My first certification was the NASM, NASM general training certification, essentially, um, which I thought was a really good first cert. And I pretty much immediately became a trainer, like I was hired as a trainer at the same 24-hour fitness that I was working the front desk job at, Um, and there was a, a good team there that had a lot of a lot of skill, honestly, a lot of skill, um, a lot of diversity in the type of trainer that was there, and um, some badass folks, for sure. And as I was onboarding onto that team, even though we're not working as a team, obviously, as trainers, there was a pretty good team atmosphere there that I appreciate looking back on now, for sure. Um, But being the new guy... Uh, There was certainly something to prove in that environment, especially a high testosterone environment of men, mostly a couple women, uh, proving that they have what it takes to make a career as a trainer. Now, as I was becoming a trainer, I had no intention of this being my career, my purpose. It was just something that I fell into because it felt like it was something I was interested in. Um, I didn't have an intention of it taking over my life and being such a big part of it. And I didn't really know what about being a trainer was going to be what I enjoyed. I knew I liked fitness. I didn't know anything about having a business. I didn't know anything about being a good employee. I didn't know anything about human interaction, psychology, really, other than just general stuff learned at school. So becoming a trainer was, you know, just a a totally new thing for me as far as work goes. And when I actually did end up starting, I was 22. So I was 22 years old. I got hired as a trainer in August 2012. And literally two weeks after I was hired as a trainer, I didn't even have my first client yet. I blew out my PCL and MCL in a wakeboarding accident. Um, (laughs) So, interestingly, my career began while I was injured. I went back into the gym and I was actually showing up on crutches and meeting my first clients while on crutches. The reason why I think it's important to share this is because at the very beginning, at the very beginning of my career where communication is a really huge, important aspect of the job, uh, I had to learn how to communicate exercise and guidance 
without demonstrating. I couldn't show my clients exactly what I, I could show them, which I could do easily because of my history with fitness. I had to verbally communicate to them really well what I was intending on them to achieve, which really helped my communication skills. So this was probably about, I don't know, two months of me not being able to really show people things. So that's how my career started. People that I still work with today, Victoria Sofish, Kaylee Oppenheim, John and Lori Fox, these are clients that I've had for 10 years that I actually met during this this point in my career where I was actually injured. And somehow I've done well enough to have them decide that they would want to work with me in some capacity for this long, which I am immensely like, I can't even believe that people have worked with me this long. I'm so grateful to them. They've supported my career, my path. And that's a whole nother thing that I'll, I'll address too a little bit later. But yeah, so I had to learn this communicative skill without being able to use my body, which was totally new for me. And so I progressed down the path um, with, you know, building clients and this is not easy at all. Like if you've been a trainer or a coach in any capacity, even though you're at a gym and you have people flowing in and people being sent your way by the gym, it's not necessarily easy to build that business from the ground up, at least in my experience. And um, so that's what happened. Eventually, just over time, I'd start to accumulate clients through the gym, which was such a gift because... I really didn't put any effort into any part of the business where I was actually promoting myself. I didn't really go out of my way to talk to strangers because I'm just not, haven't historically been that kind of outgoing person. It really came through referral and just me getting clients through the gym, which was not the best way to do that, by the way. Don't, don't take that as a advice if you're looking to become a trainer. It was pretty lazy. But what this encouraged me to do because I wasn't going out of my way to find new clients was to offer quality sessions. And in offering quality sessions, quality service, uh, that is what built my business. My business was built by the interaction I cultivated in the presence of the clients that I did have. And that increases the value of my interaction, my work to that person because the quality was there within the session. And that's what I believe to be honestly what has carried my career for these 10 years. It's the care, attentiveness, and quality that I offer when I'm in the room or when I'm in the container of a training or coaching session. And this goes, you know, this is a whole different discussion as it is, but uh, quality (laughs) over quantity, meaning I'm looking in the session, I'm looking at the care that I'm giving, I'm looking at the programming I'm giving to my clients. That is what matters to me still. And that is what I believe to truly be what uh, creates a strong, healthy training or coaching business, not looking outward and trying to build the business externally, aside from the quality that you're actually still offering. Both are important. Quality over quantity, in my opinion, takes a little precedent. So I'm training. I'm slowly building my business. And at a certain point, probably 
somewhere between a year and two years in at this 24-hour fitness in San Jose, I start to build a pretty healthy coaching training business, not really coaching yet, training, um, with just a general fitness kind of bodybuilding background modality. So nothing too special, what you typically would go see people in the gym doing. That's what I was offering for people. And um, I wouldn't say I had any sp- particular special skill set in that in that at that point. Um, but eventually, as the business grows, my clientele grows and my schedule begins to fill, uh, my confidence also builds, which is huge in having a service-based business, I started to explore a little bit with how I would challenge my clients and the creativity I began to express in exercise was really starting to blossom at that point between a year and two years in. And I would challenge my, my clients with a lot of unique exercises, things that you wouldn't typically see, things that I thought were fun. Um, now, fun is not necessarily efficient, it's not necessarily functional, but uh, it does make it interesting for the client and they enjoy having new exercises, new challenges, and I enjoyed that as well. And then coming up probably through year two is when I started to really compete for that that top position, meaning like who is servicing the most sessions at that gym. And at a certain point, I was actually competing for who was servicing the most sessions at that gym. And I was making great money at that time, really consistent paychecks every couple weeks was fantastic. I really enjoyed that and enjoyed how I was just being one of the the top competitive trainers in the gym and in the area. Uh, I really enjoyed that competition. Um, I want to speak a little bit to trainer culture in gyms like that too. I wouldn't say necessarily that we're the healthiest people, the best people <laughs> as far as morals go. Um, there's certainly shady things to look out for. Um, a lot of performance enhancing drugs, a lot of, mm, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, sexuality that isn't well placed. And I was definitely guilty of this. Um, a lot of what I was searching for at that time in my career was validation through the feminine. And I've spoke about this a little bit in different, different containers, but as a trainer there, I wanted to be the top dog. I want to be fit and I wanted to get laid. <laughs> I was single at the time and that's what I was looking for. So there was some less than ideal motivation in that with myself and others. And that's pretty common. I'd say in a lot of gyms still, it's a pretty vain environment for the most part. And, um, the quality of human as goes with any work environment is up and down in that culture. So that was certainly no different in my circumstance. And I was certainly a part of that. Like I'm fully guilty with making poor choices in that. So, Rounding out year two is when I got the idea to leave the gym, leave 24-hour fitness, leave the stability of that kind of globo gym, air quotes, globo gym, big corporate gym. 
And I go to an independent gym that was in Campbell, where I had actually known a couple other trainers that I was at with, at 24 with, they had gone there as well. So I kind of followed suit maybe a couple months later. And let me tell you, was that a horrible decision on my part? At least irresponsible. Every decision I look back on now, I know happens for a reason, but it was an irresponsible choice. I had no idea what it was like to run an independent business on my own and actually sustain it by finding new clients um, on my own without having the support of a, a gym with tons of people walking into. This is a private gym where you are the trainer and you bring your clients in and there's no open gym hours, people just walking in. People are coming in with their trainers or looking in, coming in specifically to find a trainer. And not only that, but the rent was, I don't know, it was expensive. It's its not cheap. It was something like 1200 to $1,200 a month or something like that. 1000 to 1200 I don't know. It was a lot. But, um, and not only that, but I had lost clients going from 24 to this location, which is pretty normal when you move spots as a trainer. You, you lose clients. And um, in that... It was really a shock. Like I had to learn how to organize everything and I began to fail for sure. I, I ended up not making enough money to make rent at some point. And I actually had to ask my dad for help. Um, and that was a, a pretty low point in the career realizing like, okay, I need to really change something here and really begin to push. And eventually I did. I did. I began to learn how to network a little bit more, looking outside of just who I was with at the time and invite the clients that I had at the time to refer people that they knew to me with a referral program where they would get rewarded by referring people to me. That helped. And also just learning how to communicate with people and inspire people, encourage people to think about training when I wasn't at the gym or I would meet people out and about somewhere and actually learn how to communicate with them and invite them into working with me. Now, I'm not super outgoing, like I said, so I didn't really do that often, but it did work occasionally. And eventually the business started to sustain itself. So I kept going, I was able to make it still at this independent gym. And then eventually I start to get into CrossFit and CrossFit enters my realm. I start to become really interested in competing in CrossFit. So I'm training really hard and I'm looking for gyms to coach CrossFit at. And meanwhile, I'm beginning to have my clients do some CrossFit. I'm inviting that into the modality that I'm offering them at the same time. And then a couple gyms pop up on my, my list of, uh, availability to work at as a CrossFit coach once I was CrossFit certified. Uh, and that was Third Space Fitness in downtown San Jose and CrossFit San Jose. And the owner uh, that I really connected with was Lance Miller. And he gave me an opportunity to be able to coach at his gyms. Um, and because I was able to coach at his gyms, he was actually allowing me to bring my clients to these gyms as well. So this is the <laughs> one of many moves. There were actually maybe... Mm, somewhere in the middle there, I moved to a couple different independent gyms as well. Nothing really to note there, but it wasn't just that move. That was just one of the bigger moves that I made to have a home where I bring my clients and also work as a CrossFit coach. And 
eventually down the CrossFit road, um, I injured my hip. I tore my labrum in my right hip. And at this particular junction in my life, there were relational things going on I had with my girlfriend. I was no longer able to train. And this is a, a serious injury that I had to end up having surgery for. So I go through this breakup of a relationship that was three and a half years long. I had major surgery on both hips, my right and my left, and I wasn't able to work for a couple weeks, and uh, it was probably what you know a lot of people call the dark night of the soul for me, the one of the lowest of the lows in my personal experience, and at that point in time, laying on the couch, not able to do anything, not really understanding where I am or where I'm going, I started to read and I started to read, um, I don't know, business books. One of the first books I ever read was called The Last Safe Investment and Tim Ferriss's um, Four Hour Work Week, and really started to open my eyes to growth and personal development and mindset and things like that and, and how to feel better and how to grow and gain the life that I wanted to gain because I really couldn't do anything else. So I, I went down that path and I hadn't read a book <laughs> and especially not for fun. I, I don't even remember. Like I never read, I hated reading in school. I honestly couldn't tell you the, the book, a book that I read for fun before I started reading at 25 years old at that point. And that led me down a path of that open-minded entrepreneurial mindset about my business and, and training. And I began to learn how I could actually build a business as a trainer and what I wanted my, my ideal life situation to look like, which ended up opening my eyes to not being one-on-one -on -one with clients all day long forever because I didn't want that. I didn't want to be a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer for the rest of my life. I never thought I would be, even for as long as I was at that point. And um, then I started dating somebody else who was actually a Czech holistic lifestyle coach. And that whole holistic coaching world was opened up to me at that point around 25, 26 years old. And I went and got a holistic lifestyle certification through the Czech Institute. And this is when spirituality, nutrition, um, really the holistic package in my business came to be. And at the same time, I am working on these things for myself. Now, the interesting thing is when I went to the Czech Institute with Jator Pierre as my um, instructor at that time, the interesting thing I, I noticed at the time was I kept asking a lot of questions out of curiosity for how could this help my clients and didn't even realize that I hadn't asked many of the questions about myself. Like, how could I make my nutrition better? How could I reduce my inflammation? How could I sleep better? How could I drink better water and so on? And that was provoked to me by him. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm not even looking at myself here. 
And so I began to look in, I changed my nutrition, I went 100% gluten-free. My partner at the time, Brie Gwinner, helped me a lot with that because she was already into these things. And I thought after the injuries that I had that reducing inflammation was probably a good idea and I started with gluten-free. Started meditating around this time as well. I really started to live the holistic lifestyle around this time, 25, 26 years old. And at that point, I couldn't really train super hard, so I I really fell off the actual, and meaning for myself, I couldn't work out myself very hard uh, because of the hip injuries and surgeries, so I, I really began to focus on meditation, um, development, and nutrition, and, and all the things that I could control aside from my body. And that felt good. I felt healthy. I felt clear in my mind. I felt really motivated to continue continue down the path. Now, when it comes to energy in general, and this is still the case, and for those of you that are on a path, you only have, at, at least hypothetically, you only have so much energy to expend. And that means when you put energy into mental growth, it can take away from the energy you want to put into your physical growth. So at that point in time, the pendulum of my energy swung in the direction of mental and spiritual growth and took away from the physical growth that I had previously been investing so long in. I only knew working out and training, but now it turned into mindset and I started to invest in that. And these are all things that I'm starting to invite my clients into considering as well. And the reason why that's interesting is because every time I change my interest, my clients are invited to consider these same interests. I can't help myself, right? Obviously, these are the things that I value. I have to invite the things that I value to my clients. So everything that I've experienced from just a general personal training and bodybuilding training to CrossFit to nutrition to inner child work has been a development and progress for my clients as well. They've all had to experience that with me, whether they wanted to or not. Now, of course, I respect the fact that some people might not want to do inner child work, of course. And I've also, you know, experienced those boundaries where people are like, hey, Tyler, I know you're into this now, but I'm not into this and let's just keep it to fitness, which is really difficult because I'm so into something and they deny it. And I respect that. I understand people are where they are and that's okay. Uh, but that is something I had to learn along the way to respect. And then eventually, yeah, after the holistic approach gets invited through the Czech Institute, Jator tells me about this thing called Journeys of Wisdom, the teacher being Mr. John McMullen. And I attend that. I attend the Landmark Forum, which is just a personal development um, seminar, uh, which was pretty amazing for sure. And what these seminars begin to invite is what are the ways that you are thinking, feeling, and being? Like, what is going on within you and why? Why do you think the way that you do? Why do you feel the way that you do? Why are you living the life that you're living? Did you choose to live this life or did you get conditioned to live the life that you're living right now? And this is what many people call the red pill. (laughs) So this is when you begin to wake up. This is when I began to wake up. And when the invitation to consider 
that I get to live my life the way I want to live it, not the way that I was conditioned to live it, was enthralling to me. I couldn't help but go down that rabbit hole and experience the inner coaching that I experienced, the inner child work that I experienced. And I don't think there was any more important experience than beginning to experience that. Um, first, through a coach, Jeremy Marin, he was the first one that coached me in this way that I met through Bree. And then eventually going into the actual seminars of Journeys of Wisdom was just profound, hugely spiritual, and some of the most enlightening moments of my life up to, up until this point, for sure. And like I said, my clients are just experiencing all of these teachings with me, whether they liked it or not. And some, I again, really, really appreciate for them, you know, standing by and, and hearing me out on some of this stuff, even though they might not be super interested. So the years go by where I'm, I'm living this holistic lifestyle kind of personal training where there's a mix between CrossFit and general fitness stuff and nutrition and just mindset, meditation, stuff like that. And eventually, um, I started to take a little bit more of a therapeutic approach to fitness where I started to learn things and go to certification classes like functional range conditioning, FRC, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, DNS, soma training, soma therapy, LDOA, and put these things into a package that I call therapeutic fitness. And all of these things, all of these modalities essentially were for joint health. And this is where I started to really set myself apart as a trainer because I was able to really help people feel better in their bodies. Aside from being more fit or losing body fat, I could now help people heal themselves in their joint issues, like legitimately heal fucked up issues. And that's where my skill set in, um, in uh, helping people with lower back pain really came on. So I have a lot of clients and have had a lot of clients that come to me for lower back pain, which I've had huge success with. And I can honestly say I'm very proud of that because lower back pain is one of those things you go to a doctor for and they don't do jack shit. Physical train or pers- uh, physical therapy, I'm sorry, historically isn't very successful at helping people with their lower back pain, and I have been. <laughs> uh, and the reason is because I had my own lower back pain. I had serious lower back pain early on in my career that I had to learn how to heal and, and adapt to feel better, feel feel like I can do things again. And um, so yeah, then my business takes this kind of therapeutic turn and a lot of people are coming to me for joint health issues and the people that I had been training for so long that have still you know been with me you know we're I'm kind of implementing and sprinkling all of it together we're doing some general fitness we're doing a little crossfit when necessary uh, we're doing a little therapeutic stuff when necessary it's really becoming a, an adaptable package for those that I've been working with for a long time but I'd say even now what people come to me for more than anything as far as fitness goes is joint health they want to feel better they want to feel good they have a particular joint that they need to work on and they're trying to even out their imbalances and i love that i love the problem solving with those therapeutic modalities because it sucks when people can't do things because when they're in when they're in pain they're they're limited 
And when somebody heals their lower back and is able to go play with their children again, or unfreezes a shoulder and can reach up into a cabinet again, those are things that bring so much joy to my experience because I've guided them in their physical freedom. They can live their lives the way that they either used to live or want to live. And there is nothing more fulfilling for me. Actually, <laughs> there might be something more fulfilling, but that is very, very fulfilling for me. And I'm so, so appreciative that I gained those skills to be able to guide people in that. And through the, the therapeutic development and all the, the time and money I had invested in my own skill set, I was able to start charging quite a bit. So back when I was living in the Bay Area, I was traveling to a lot of people's homes. I was I was averaging probably $125 a session and making really good training money and starting to feel like I'm the guy. Like in the South Bay as far as trainers go, not as far as popularity, like on social media or anything like that. But I knew what I was doing in that area. Other trainers knew I was good. I was what I was doing and I was set. I was, I had a bunch of clients, my schedule was filled and I was feeling really good about it. And then eventually this is obviously years go by at this point. And then 2020 comes around. And as you all know, uh, COVID affected a lot of service businesses, myself being one of them. Um, so at that point, when everything had shut down, gyms, um, everyone was pretty afraid of what was going on. Um, I had to, I had to adapt. Obviously, um, some people shifted onto zoom and this was something like totally new for me. So I was just feeling out how zoom could work. Some people stopped training altogether. Like they just were like, okay, zoom's not going to work in person's not going to work right now. We're not going to go to the gym. We're not going to do anything. Some people eventually ended up letting me go because of my perspectives and opinions on what to do with my own body during this time. Essentially what I'm saying is uh, because I wouldn't get vaccinated, they wouldn't see me, which I respect. I understand. And I don't think there was anything more challenging in my career than, than trying to figure out how I was going to work virtually primarily. So I'm making videos. I set up a Patreon, try to some YouTube videos, social media stuff scrambling, like hardcore fretting about my life situation while still in a house paying the rent that I was in Campbell in a four bedroom house and needing to support my career and my livelihood. Luckily, just before COVID, I had set up my own garage gym, which had a sauna, the essentials, a little cold bath. I had a pool in my backyard and obviously a garage door that I could open for fresh airflow. It was enough. It, it was enough. I was adaptable and creative enough with my training that that was plenty for me and my clients. So some people did start to come see me at the house. A little bit less convenient for some people as far as travel goes, um, but it worked. And I was able to start sustaining myself through the end of 
2020. And obviously all the waves are coming on and off, gyms open here and there and so on. I was actually meeting some people at the Campbell Community Center as well. You know, just going with the flow as far as where we can meet, when we can meet, who is willing to meet. Now, during this time too, because a lot of people shifted virtually, I had to think and consider about what a virtual training cost might be. And uh, I reduced my rates for those that were working on Zoom. And because I didn't really know, I was in, I was not confident with what that value was. So I reduced the rate there a lot, way too much. And it's still, it's still really low. It's way too low in my, my opinion still, which is something I need to sort out for myself. Um, and so navigating the, the balance there during COVID of going in and out of the gym, working on zoom, some people coming to my home, I was all over the place. It was really hectic as far as where I was going, when I was going and so on, who was willing to meet and all the waves of things closing down and stuff. Like I said, was, was really challenging. And then that gets, you know, that starts to get a little bit more, more normal going through into 2021 gyms begin to open. Now I was not about to start paying rent again at an independent training gym. So what I did was I started to work out with my clients at the gym at 49er fit. And this was just a few people, but I would work out with them. So it looked like I wasn't training them, which I would get in trouble for and which I did end up getting in trouble for because they caught on knew I was training with the people that I was working out with. So I actually got banned from 49er fit. So as you can see, there's a lot of different things that I tried a lot of different places, a lot of different contexts that I was able to offer my business in which I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that I could adapt and flow. And I'm so grateful that so many people stuck with me through that. And a lot of people did go out of their way to actually work with me in some capacity during that time, even virtually, even though they might not have wanted to because they knew it would support me. And I am ultimately grateful for that. So then 2021, you know, we're going through COVID still and um, Ash and I decide that we don't want to live in the Bay Area anymore. We want to travel. We want to figure out the life that we want. What is our ideal life? What's our ideal package? And this includes leaving and traveling. The biggest limiting factor in that was me. Because guess what? <laughs> My business is very much in person. A couple people virtually still through COVID. But I was making good money with some people that were still seeing me in person. So it would be me that has to shift completely virtually, completely nomadic as we travel. She was already doing her candle making business. She could do that from anywhere. So I, there were a few months where I'm trying to invite the idea of people that I would see in person to consider virtual, what that would be like, who's comfortable with that, who's not. And as we're making the decision to begin leaving, and we decide to leave in October 2021, some people stopped training with me. They didn't want to work virtually, virtually with me. A lot of people did decide to stick with me, and I set up just, just enough people to be willing to work with me virtually 
that I could sustain myself. And I didn't, I wasn't excited about working on Zoom primarily. I love being in with people, in front of people. It is truly what I enjoy. But that was just the nature of the choice that I had to make as we were shifting to travel full time. So that's what I did. And transitioning into travel and being away from my clients um, was extreme, extremely vulnerable for me because um, people can be far less accountable when you're not there with them, right? Like it's really easy to not answer a phone call. It's really easy to not show up to a Zoom meeting. Um, I am not there literally physically getting their attention. So there was just a little bit of, not a little bit, a lot of risk involved in shifting my entire business virtually like that. And luckily it did work out. I had actually picked up several clients at the beginning of 2021 as we were traveling and everything was really great. The virtual business was was working well, even though there were there were difficult aspects to that, really difficult aspects to that. Things such as us not having service in the areas that we were parked, where we were actually living in our RV. The first place that we went to in Santa Barbara didn't have any service. So I actually had to drive out onto a road where I could find signal for my phone and do Zoom training sessions in my truck on my phone. There are so many different components and variables to that, like my phone being charged, running the truck to have AC on as I'm melting in a truck, being out in the middle of nowhere, sitting in a truck for several hours in a row, training clients. It was fucking tough. It was really tough when we didn't have the service. And, and in general, being in a trailer on, on the, the screen all the time could be difficult uh, at times. And in the old trailer, the first one that we started with, I had the back room, the toy hauler part, so I could have my own office slash little training area separate from Ash in the actual living area. Now in this one that we're in, it's all the same area for the most part. I mean, there is a bedroom with the door, but there's not like a garage area that I train in. So I actually train all my clients in the living room area now, which takes away a little bit from her freedom. And uh, we're always kind of listening to each other or hearing each other in the background and have to kind of attend to each other's meetings and whatnot. So uh, not easy, but great because I'm home, right? Like, so there's certainly positives to this as well. I'm living the life that I am. I'm home all the time. I don't have to, um, go anywhere to attend to my work. So here we are now. Um, now throughout this all this time, like what you've heard primarily is like how I'm working with clients in fitness and, and how I'm attending to certain physical aspects but what I haven't shared was what during many of the last years, I'm beginning to invite the idea of offering coaching to my clients. The same kind of coaching that I began receiving when I was 26, which looks like, or maybe you've heard of inner child work, self-sabotage coaching, shadow work, the coaching I was receiving had turned into a passion of what I could give. So I started to coach clients sporadically throughout the last five years or so, but very rarely. It was not a consistent thing. 
But I knew that this is what I wanted to shift into. I knew that this type of work, the internal work, is what I'm really, really passionate about. Because the effect on our lives is bigger than just the fitness effect. Once the mind heals, the personality heals, the beliefs heal, our internal structures heal, the body follows suit. And I knew this, I was beginning to learn this. It was super and still is very important to me to invite people to consider in their own healing and development. For example, uh, I can tell people how to lose weight, calories in, calories out, cardio, fitness, don't eat as much. But the mind will always get in the way and cause that person to sabotage their efforts if they believe they're meant to be overweight. So how do you overcome the belief to, or the belief that they might think they're meant to be overweight? That's inner child work, that's shadow coaching. And if you're not familiar with what that looks like, you can go to my YouTube channel. I've actually shared my coach coaching me and what that looks like. And obviously I'd be happy to offer you a free session if you're listening to this. You can go to my pages, Instagram, website, and so on to actually book your own free insight call where I'll give you a free session to learn what this is like. But throughout the years of receiving this, I knew I had to offer it. So over the last year, really being primarily virtually, I knew that coaching could be done very efficiently virtually, and I already knew this is what I wanted to do. So I've begun inviting many people to consider this aspect of my work. Uh, I've been I've been offering more insights to these types of subjects on social media. And needless to say, more people become interested in this type of coaching. I'm offering that more regularly now. I have two to three coaching clients where they're primarily just coaching with me on a weekly basis, not just doing the fitness stuff or the joint rehab it is literally them coming to me for this type of work. And now I'm at the place where I'm in a balance and a flux of having fun with offering fitness and also having fun and really enjoying offering coaching and, and in this balance. But how does any entrepreneur, how does any business owner really scale a business and really build something big that has greater effect? It's not through one-on-one coaching. As much as I love one-on-one coaching, I now know what my purpose is. Through the 10 years I've been experiencing the guidance of others in their health journeys, I now know what I want to do to scale the things that I offer. And that brings me to Journey Into Self. Journey into self is something I've been playing with over the last year. First, I wanted it to be a course. I wanted Journey into Self to be a course that I create, set up as a little little package, and you go through the course and I support it. Somebody goes through the course, whomever goes through the course, and I support it with coaching calls. So for example, week one is called Intent and Intentions. You go through the weekly coursework, you come to me at the end of the week with a coaching call and we integrate the coursework that was done. The coursework looks like 
certain exercises, certain readings, certain considerations and contemplations and reflections that are then brought into the coaching call that we hammer home into the subconscious to really embody the beliefs that you want to embody and let go of the old beliefs and things that limit you. So I set up this course and set up a new website and I create what my new brand is as Tyler Wayne Journeys. Now, aside from what this course is and has been, the bigger perspective is that I know that Journey into Self is meant to be a a system, a system of a seeker's organized development. So many people, especially seekers and those willing to grow and develop and just feel and be better humans, have all of the options these days to learn this meditation and that meditation and do this plant medicine and this retreat and this mindset coach and this relationship coach and these physical practices and so on, there are all the options available to them now. Everything is available to you right now. And everybody chooses so many different things to try that there's a discordance in the development. There's no organization in the path. Whatever that path is, it's all over the fucking place. And what I'm trying to invite you to consider, because this is what I've been considering, is how can the path to feeling more whole and complete within ourselves be organized? Now, I'm historically an unorganized person, so This is ironic because I've gone through the path in an unorganized way myself. And I know that if I would had some guidance, some organization to my development, that where I am right now might have been much further progressed if I would have been organized in it, in how I was unfolding. So journey into self is a system to guide someone in their development in an organized path. An easy way to understanding yourself. As you paint the picture, the art becomes complete. And it is a puzzle piece by puzzle piece process to understanding more about why you are the way you are. Now, my vision for this is not just a course that you go and sign up for and and you get the the material online you do on your own it's much bigger than that that is going to be a part of it but there is going to be a book there's going to be a course there's going to be a cohort cohort meaning there's going to be an ongoing course collective where people come together on a weekly basis and we grow together in a community there's going to be a lot of things about this system and It's going to be big, it's going to be impactful, it's going to be powerful, and for the first time in my life, I know this is exactly what I want to be doing. I know this is exactly where I'm meant to be as a result of the path I just described to you. I'm fucking stoked about it. I am so excited 
to be able to offer wholeheartedly what I know to be a value that I've experienced and grown within myself to be able to offer to you. And with that, I know it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to scale this. It's going to be difficult to create the book. It's going to be difficult to organize all the things that I want to offer because the vision is so big. But I know it's possible. I know I'm going to do this. And a big part for this podcast, a big reason why I made this podcast is because you're now listening to the vibration I've contracted for myself. This communicative modality was me sharing with you my intention. I've created that in the universe with my voice now. You can hold me accountable to this. You can also learn more about this. If you're curious about your own process, if you're curious about learning through the ways that I'm going to be offering, you're welcome to do so. And I hope you do do so because everybody around you, aside from yourself, which is the most important thing, benefits from this. Humanity benefits from this. As we grow and heal ourselves, we grow and heal our environment, our communities, and the world. I shit you not. You can do all the work for yourself and the world will heal. I promise you that. So stay tuned, people. Um, I have a website. It's www.tylerwaynejourneys, T-Y-L-E-R-W-A-Y-N-E-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S.com. Um, check me out on Instagram at Tyler Wayne Journeys. And like I said, sign up for a free insight call if you're curious about this kind of work. And stay tuned for the book that's going to come out. Stay tuned for the cohorts that are going to start January 1st, 2023 is when it's going to begin. And I love you all so fucking much for coming this far, for listening to me for this long. I really, really appreciate it. If you couldn't already tell, I'm so excited to be doing this, to be doing the things that I am, being the person that I am, and being able to share all that with you is, is such an honor. And I love you all. Thank you for being here. And I will see, hear you, feel you another time, people. Peace out.